G'day guys and welcome to episode 007 of the T-Betters Bulletin Podcast, a bit of a James Bond theme this week. Uh, this week we're joined by a past podcast guest, he's one of my mates and a great bloke and he's currently joining us via the magic of technology. How are you mom? I'm very well, thanks. Good. A little bit lonely and hot up here in Fitzroy Crossing, but I'm pulling through. Lucky you've got Dream Team to get you through. How's uh, the scores going this week, mate? It's been a bit of a down week for everyone in general. It certainly has. Um, I was on fire after last week with um, definitely AFL Fantasy. I was up to somehow 27th overall. Wow. But I had a horrible 19-13 this week. It dropped me down to um, around the 1500 mark, which is still not too bad, but it was a bit disappointing. Well, you know, given all the, the amount of uh, people in that competition, that's still pretty good. I was uh, the same as you, up there about 218th last week. Not quite as good, but I had a shocker as well. So 18.52 for me, and I'm out around about 7,000. So that's a bit wow. of... That's a bit... I know, I'm not <laughs> completely impressed, especially because I went with a lot of uh, mid-price madness this week, which is something I haven't done in the past. How about Dream Team, Mong, the real Dream Team? Um, pretty consistent. I guess because of the fact um, we were, had the three hit in round one, with, we were probably more concentrating on AFL standing for these first two weeks. So my real dream team's actually been kind of consistent. I had 19.24 and I'm still ranked inside the top 2,000. Yeah, absolutely. You take that. Um, on my end, another down week, 18.74 for me, which keeps me inside the top 5,000. And I guess within striking range, but it hasn't been all uh, unicorns and, and rainbows so far. Who are the, the guys that let you down this week in a week where everyone kind of struggled, I guess, to, to get the scores from their premiums? Uh, it was more who didn't let me down. <laughs> um, definitely number one was um, Scott Sellers. I think, I don't know if he got mixed up and thought April Fool's Day was a couple of days ago, but 48 for his captain against Melbourne is a bit of a joke. Uh, just see, as you pointed out on Twitter, when you saw 96 next to his name, you thought, oh, maybe, you know, that's all right. But you remember that he's a captain and just really not a nice way to end the weekend. Absolutely. And he's, you know he's my boy. Number one in the trolling, uh, Scott Selwood. Look, I think... The Eagles are going to be a big troll best this year because the way that they're using the footy is direct and efficient. And I mean, we saw they beat Melbourne on the weekend by 93 points or something, yet they still got beaten in the dream team. So they're not going to be a high possession uh, team that we've probably seen with the Hawthorns and, and that sort of stuff. They're going to be guys who are, I guess, yeah. lower scoring. You can certainly see they're taking advantage of playing three balls in the forward line and going as direct as often as possible, really. So, yeah, we're going to have to possibly rethink our tactics of picking West Coast guys. That's true. Yeah, even though they had the real good uh, draw first up in the season. So, he was our captain, which definitely gives him the first spot on the troll list. What about the second my spot? Oh, my second spot went to Dean Cox, Ugh. Um, who I really fought hard to get on in my AFL fantasy team. He's not in my dream team, thankfully. Um, I tried to sacrifice a backline premium so I could afford to get him in the ruck instead of hitting and we all know that that didn't turn out very well. No. And um, yeah, Cox scored a 51, which we're definitely not accustomed to expecting from him. And yeah, it's very disappointing from the big fella. Absolutely. And as you mentioned before, three ruckmen in the competition playing against Melbourne probably couldn't give a stuff really what happened in that game given that they actually smashed them from the, from the get-go. So... Yeah, horrible score from him, and you're right, going someone like Hickey would have been a much better uh, return, not just in terms of points, but also 
uh, with your money. Uh, number one on the, well, sorry, the third person on the troll list. I think I can speak for both of us when I say Dane Swan has been very disappointing so far. 68 on the weekend, I believe, and that's just not enough from a guy that we're paying top dollar for. The pig has had the oink taken out of him. Yeah. It was very unpig-like this week, even more so than in round one, and I'm just glad that I've only got him in my real dream team and I don't have to worry about him in AFL fantasy at the moment anyway. Well, that's true. I guess we'll talk a little bit more about Swan and what to do with him in dream team, but look, he's, uh, he's on notice and his piggery is being doubted at the moment. How about let's uh, get a bit more positive. What about your, uh, your polling, your three players that have polled for you this week, Mom? Well, my number one by far was Nick Rewald, not only because he's one of my St Kilda favourite sons, but the fact that he knocked out another huge 104 this week. Um, so he's averaging 136.5 in the first two rounds, and he looks like he's really picked up from where he went off last year, and he's almost a must-have. I didn't have him in round one, and I traded my AFL fantasy team this week on the back of his round one score, and it was definitely one of the best and only good moves I've made this week. Not bad for a 32-year-old, uh, just getting it done. It is worth mentioning that it was against two of the weaker teams in the competition in the first two rounds. Um, I'm not sure, obviously, he's not going to continue it over a 130-point average, but you know, for the, what he does and the amount of marks that he gets and the role he plays for Saints, uh, he could definitely be an option for the rest of the season. He's going to be a top big forward. Yeah, exactly, and we write him off because of his age, but he's just looking super fit at the moment, and um, I'm, I'm going to do what I can to get him in. Uh, what about number two, Mong? I think we might agree on this one. Yeah, so I think we both talked about Dom Tyson. Been an absolute revelation for Melbourne so far this year, and you can just see him just picking up those plastics to the kick behind the play all day, and it's just a delight to watch. He's a bit of a seagull, actually, Tyson. Yeah, he, really seagulling behind the play. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't seem to have a lot of influence on the game. And there was times where uh, I just uh, was watching the game and it was just a quick switch. And he's, he's obviously the middle link in that. And I've heard his name. I've gone, wait, who? Tyson, he's, oh, in, my, he's in my team. In, in that first quarter, he had something like 40-something points. And then in the second quarter, he didn't really do much. Yeah. And he still ended up with 111 in the end. So. Yeah, and he had a good game yeah. in Supercoach as well, which shows that, you know, as... Even if he doesn't look as effective, his kicks are still coming off, and that's a, a great sign from a rookie. Yeah. Number one, I'm going to kick this off because we both got him, and he's great value at the moment. Uh, Joe Watson had a, another huge game. What do you think of him? Oh, he's just another absolute jet. He looks untaggable at the moment. Yeah, they said... They did throw Langford on him, who obviously is a rookie, but he didn't even look anywhere near him. He just racked up all day, as he did last week. And I mean, you know, for fantasy, price has gone up a little bit to 570 on K, but that's still value for sure. Absolutely. And the real dream team is price has changed there, and he's sitting at 540K. Um, I would definitely be strongly looking at getting him in this week if you didn't have him in either competition. Yeah, great call. So that rounds out our trolling and polling. Just to recap, Scooter was our first troll, second was Cox. And number one was the former Dream Team superstar, Dane Swan. And into our polling... And the AFL fantasy site with a special mention there, so that's in a trolling spot. <laughs> we really need to get there. They, they do need to get their stuff together. Um, I think we've given them a couple of weeks leeway on the podcast, and now is when uh, we're going to start really getting into it, uh, getting a lot of functionality into the website. Uh, into the polling, obviously, we're just recapping that. Uh, Nick Rue with a three... 
votes. Uh, Tyson with two, and Joe Watson gets one. Brownlow, DT vote. All right, let's get straight into the first segment, which is the real dream team and what to do with uh, round three price changes. As always, uh, we have the price changes coming up after round three, which is something that we're very used to. As, uh, as per normal, we're going to be looking to use two trades this week just to fix up our teams. Mom, where should our priorities lie? So obviously number one is injured players, you've got to get them out. I guess in the real dream team it's not as important as AFL fantasy with the limited trades. So if you've got a guy like Sam Mitchell who might only be out for the one more week at the most, um, you can probably still keep in your size, barring any other fix ups you've got to do. Yep. Um, but certainly guys like Goldstein Ryder, Fortune, Michael Barlow has come up today, he's out for six weeks. Wow. Um, I didn't actually... Sorry, just back on Barlow. I haven't actually heard anything about that until today. Like, I was lauding his 130-point score on the weekend, and then all of a sudden, get the news today, I thought it was April Fool's. Barlow's injured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's apparently a pretty serious injury, and nothing um, was said straight after the game. So it's a bit of an interesting one. I just feel really sorry for people who had the sort of guts to pick him as a sort of unique premium from the start started on fire and now they're going to have to get rid of him. That's a great point. And here's actually a sneaky little stat here for you, Mong. He's the only player so far to get uh, 130 plus scores in both weeks. So, uh, yeah, he's one of the upgrade targets that was on my list until this news. Obviously, the guys you mentioned before, Goldstein and Ryder, they're both, well, Goldstein's kind of injured and Ryder is a 50-50 this week, as is Enright with his uh, knee injury on the weekend. So, uh, add that to Mitchell and Hodge, and there's a lot of guys who are 50-50. So, look, if you need to fix up any injuries, this is the time to do it. Although, yeah, if it is... Jack only... Martin, if anyone still has him from last week, in real dream team anyway. Exactly. If you're holding on to him with his injury just to see which rookies you could go to, that would be the time to do it, which takes us into our second point. You want to be looking at picking up the missed rookies now. And there's a few guys who are absolute must-haves in dream team. Remember that their prices haven't changed yet, so you know who the guys are that you need. So, obviously, if you've missed Tyson, Dunstan, Pollock, uh, Langdon in the back line, and probably even Ambrose in the forward line. Yeah, he's definitely one that I'm looking at getting in. Yeah, so, uh, obviously, with the, it's really light on in the forward line in terms of rookies, and there's whispers that Rowan might even be out this week. And, obviously, McDonough, a lot of people have him, and he's not even playing. So, look, if you've missed those rookies, this is the time to do it, because you won't get another chance. Yeah. One of my trades is almost definitely going to be McDonough to Ambrose. Yep. Or well, maybe Lewis Taylor. I'll be he, thinking about I, it, but more likely Ambrose. I was just going to bring up Lewis Taylor as well because they played him in round one as a sub with barely any preseason form. And then in round two, didn't have the sub and got almost 70 points. So look, he, he looks great. I think Brisbane really rate him and he could be one of the guys that you do look for uh, along with Ambrose in the forward lines. So yeah, if you've got the guys like McDonough, Laidler, this is the time to get them. And do remember that you don't have to do it this week because there's a couple of guys that won't be on the bubble until the week after. And uh, that's Colin Jasny, who had his debut on the yeah, weekend. Yeah, he looked great this week. Very solid. Yeah, I was happy with him. And uh, and Billings, if he comes back, I know he was a sub in round one, but he could be another uh, guy that you pick up if he plays this week for the rebuilding Saints. What would you do after that? Mong say that you've got no injuries and you've got no missed rookies. What's your next uh, protocol? Well, the next thing, which I guess a lot of people are probably thinking about, is dropping these underperforming premiums. Someone like a Dane Swan, dare I say it, with a very high break even. 
and swapping them down to another premium player, like someone who's going to have a better break even and make you or make sure you don't lose cash more than anything. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Swan is one of those guys that in the gun for a lot of people. There's uh, Goldstein, as we mentioned before, has had a couple of back-to-back 60s. He's another. People are looking at Dangerfield. You said that he was in the most traded out this week. Yeah, he's fourth most traded out at the moment in the Real Dream team, which I think might be a little bit of an overreaction, but we'll see. I can tell you, as a former Dangerfield owner last year, I think he had a 50-point score and a 90-point score to start the season. Yep, that's right. I uh, traded him out, and then it was back-to-back 140. So just don't forget what the uh, Danger Man he can do for you. And that was when we all picked him as a midfielder in the start of the season last year, so... I think people are pretty quick to jump off him considering he's in the forward line. Yeah, I think that's one of my top three um, biggest dream team fails at the moment. So, look, if you're looking to get rid of uh, a couple of guys who are going to drop a lot of cash, the best time to do it... Okay, let's talk about Swan, for instance. He's had his two games, obviously 96 in the first one, 68 this round. I would look to trade him because he looks crap. Okay. His so, break even is 187 as well. Yeah, so massive break even. But if Swan was injured in round two, I would still keep him. Interesting stat for you here as well. Apart from him looking crap, he plays the long this week. And as much as in fantasy we know Swan has been in the past, in his last six games with Geelong, he's only turned up twice. So they're one of his worst teams to play in recent history. So it's even more of a reason to get him out because he's likely to drop a lot of cash this week. Wow, that's a great point. Um, nice stat finding there, Mom. Time to get out Swan. But the point I was trying to make is that with Swan, I mean, if he had a high break even because he was injured in the second game or vested for whatever reason, then you'd still look at keeping those premiums. And there's a couple of examples of those guys. But because Swan has had those you know, lackluster scores in two games where he's just looked crap and scored crap, that's when you've got to get rid of him. Yeah, I agree. All right. What's the last thing that you should be doing in, in uh, if you're using your two trades and you've got no bad premiums, you've hit all the rookies and you've got no injuries? Okay, so this is probably more of a point for AFL fantasy with the um, unlimited trades. But even with limited trades in real dream teams, if you're lucky enough to not have any of those three previous points mentioned to fix up, you can look at getting guys that have good break even to make a bit of a quick cash grab. So um, talking about guys like... Matthew Gench in the back line has been thrown around with a break even of negative 36, price at about 300k. Yes. Um, Hickey in the ruck as well has got a break even of negative 47. And even Dane, well, like Dane Dorco in the forward line with a break even of negative 2, and who's been playing very well. I think that you mentioned the three guys that I was going to mention, actually. Those guys, look, especially Gent, he stepped right into um, Ricky Henderson's role, and they're looking for him every single time. I think he had something like 16 marks last week, which is ridiculous. Would you consider trading a Sam Mitchell down to him if he wasn't playing this weekend, for instance? I reckon if I had nothing else to do, you'd definitely consider it. It's 520-odd K with Mitchell sitting on the bench. is a lot of money to be sitting there. He got tagged in round one. He's probably going to get a bit of attention during the year. You know, he'll drop in prior, and you can probably look at picking him up later in the season. So it's, um, yeah, definitely something that could be on the cards if you didn't have other things to fix up, like yeah. I'm assuming most people do. That's right. And that's the point to remember here is if you're chasing break-evens in real dream team where we have those limited trades, you have to be pretty sold. So a guy like Zorko looks pretty solid, although last year he was a massive troll. Gench is probably in the in the riskier sort of category. I'd be looking at someone like Mumford in the rucks because he's 
I think he has a negative break even. Oh this yeah. Year, and he's been averaging. I'm getting him in my He's been looking massive. The uh, the orange and grey sausage eater that he's just been massive. So look, it's something to notice. Even with Giles playing this week, Giles did play dominantly forward role and just rolled through the ruck a bit. Mumford still absolutely smashed it. So it just shows that even when Giles plays, unlike Lobby at Port Adelaide, when he has a step in ruck playing, Mumford does not struggle. Yeah, they're doing whatever they can to keep Giles out of the big mummy's way because he's a beast and he will run right through him whether or not he's a teammate or not. Looks like we're set with uh, with trade targets and the real dream team, so let's head over to AFL Fantasy now and see who's been breaking bad for us. Alright, moving into the AFL Fantasy side of things now, and I think the biggest thing that I noticed at once lockout finally ended was that they're not rounding the, the prices to the nearest $100. It's going, you know, to the, to the dollar pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Dane Bean, for example, is priced at $521,853. What? So right down to the dollar. What's the thinking behind that? Does it just want to be as exact as possible? or is, It just seems to be overkill for me. It does seem to be an overkill. I mean, you're going to be you upset last year when you missed out on... Upgrading someone by $100, imagine if it happens by $1. Oh, man. We're going to hear some amazing stories about someone being two bucks short. I can't wait to hear it. Anyway, with uh, with AFL Fantasy, as we all know, and some people have actually been saying on Twitter and and Facebook and the site that they didn't actually know there was going to be uh, price changes after round two. So cheers for um, following us throughout the whole preseason, guys, and, and listening to all the stuff from Dream Team Talk, which was covering this pretty completely but anyway price changes have happened and now we've got to think about what's going to happen post round two what what would you do mom uh, with your two trades this week so what i'm looking at doing at the moment is getting rid of cox and going down to mumford who we've talked about a bit already so that makes me um enough cash to get rid of scott bellwood who i can't get out of my sight quick enough <laughs> scott pendlebury in yeah, I think... That's what I'm looking at doing at the moment. Yeah, solid trade. So basically, when I, after round one, we all had the ability to pick the rookies that we wanted already. So we don't have the same sort of issues with dud rookies that we had in real Dream Team. We should all exactly. be sorted there. Um, so it's all about premiums and getting out the bad ones and bringing in the good ones. Um, and we've had a lot of experience that with that uh, from last year with the unlimited trades or two trades per week. One thing I do want to mention about the way that the game's set up in AFL Fantasy this year is that with players changing price after run, one round, we're seeing a lot of rookies getting vested but actually going down in price and, and actually being a good thing for us as fantasy coaches. There, is there a couple of guys there that's actually got cheaper you've seen? Mm. Yeah, so Lewis Taylor from the Lions only scored 10 in, in round one when he was vested and then came up with a solid, I think, 60-odd to close to 70 this week. Um, then there's also Captain Merritt from the Bombers and Josh Kelly for GWS who was extremely impressive with I think he's the best example, Josh Kelly, because we saw what he can do, which was a lot. I think 41 he had in just over a quarter. And he actually went down in price from his starting thing. So, look, everyone thinks after one week the price changes are a bad thing and the best, you know, is obviously been a troll for us over the last couple of years. But 
combination of those two things are actually making our rookies cheaper for us this year. And I'm going to be seriously looking at guys like Lewis Taylor and Zach Merritt in the forward line. I think Zach's played two games and only slightly went up in price this week. So we've had a good look at him as well. The, and, the only note on Merritt is that um, Melch can come back from suspension this week. And I think Wimbledon absolutely tore it up in the BFL. So they'll be both sort of pushing for that same spot. That's, I think Ambrose is probably safe. But um, yeah, Merritt, the position That's true. Um, he has been the sub in the first two games, so you would say that he's probably the first one to be dropped out of that side. And as you mentioned, Ambrose, is, he's playing a key forward role, and they haven't got a lot of those going around at the moment for Essendon. So he, mm, he's taken that primary role, and he's been really good so far. Absolutely. He's probably the informed forward rookie at the moment, which is amazing for someone whose name I didn't even know before round ones. Look, um, with, the, with the two trades per week, Mom, I want you to give me um, your, your four best primo trade-ins. So I think in the back line, the thing that we usually hate the most with our defenders is their inconsistency. So guys that can go huge like Sam Mitchell with 120 scores and then he cops the back line tag and a guy like Virtual as well and end up with a score of 40. You just want that premium defender who's going to knock out that consistent score and your man has to be Michael Gibbons. Yeah. The guy loves the top six. He sits in that transfer of play position and he just picks up mark all day. He's looked great in that role and I think a lot of people would have overlooked him with his hamstring injury leading into round one and I think he was a bit of a surprise to play but he does look like the guy that we came to love last year and he's getting it done in Essendon's high possession game plan. One thing to mention there and I can't advocate picking him up but Cal Hooker is actually averaging more than him in the back line, 111.5 points. Let's just give that guy a cheeky little pat on the back because, you know, he's been known as the guy who couldn't chase down Buddy Franklin and now he's getting some things done on the scoreboard. <laughs> he's going the guy that trades Cal Hooker. Although, if you're saying that, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Bombers are playing such a high-possession footy game that, you know, maybe a guy like Cal Hooker will end up averaging, I don't know, 80 or something by the end of the year. I mean, you're not going to trade him into the team, but the Bombers are matching up some pretty massive scores. That would be like Sam Fisher a couple of years ago playing for St. Kilda, the same sort of situation. Not a terribly effective player, but getting a lot of the ball across the back line. All right, what about the midfield, Mon? Because this is probably, you know, with Dane Swan and, and Scott Seal, we're really hurting people in the break-evens. This is probably where yeah. everyone's going to be looking at very closely this, this week. Well, Scooter is 100% gone, and as much as I love him, and I know he's your boy, and you're kind of rubbed off on me a bit. I do love Scott Selwood, but his performance on the weekend was absolutely disgusting. 48 points versus Melbourne. Having his captain, you know, we've already talked about in the trolling section, he's got to be out. So looking at getting another premium guy in to replace him. I had Barlow on my list, but he's obviously out in. The next guy, which probably should have been the first guy on my list, was Scott Cambridge. He is absolutely dominating the pirate at all he doesn't particularly like that but you make a great point he's looked absolutely untaggable in the first couple of weeks Ryan Crowley uh, the infection could barely get a hand on him and uh, this week he just completely ran free and he showed exactly what's going to happen to you 
Uh, if you don't give them the attention, that's 152 points and most likely up three Brownlow votes. So, yeah, I he's... I would definitely say so. I'm not sure if he's lining the pockets of some of the um, head ponchos in the AFL at the moment. With guys like Fife and Rocky being rubbed out already early in the season, the Brownlow contention is... Um, the contenders for the Brownlow, I should say, are starting to wear a bit thin. And a guy like Kendall, definitely, this could be a year. Let's just say, I mean, obviously the Fife uh, news is pretty average in terms of, you know, he laid a perfect oh, bolt and I couldn't... Worse than Rocky. I can't speak any worse about that rule change because that is the point to, to make, really. It was the rule change. They've adjudicated it correctly with uh, to the rules. It's just the rule is weak as piss. But with Fife out, I'm kind of happy that I chucked 50 bucks on Penderbury for the weekend for the Brownlee because he looks like he uh, could be the guy that... Makes me a lot of money this year. Anyway, let's get uh, into the rucks because um, this is one a focus area for me with uh, with Ryder stinking up one of my teams. So who can you recommend for me? I will, as I said before, going Cox to Mumford. So I see that as a straight premium slot. It's going to make me a bit of cash. It's going to stop me leaking Cox cash, which is already... He's already gone down to 500k. Can't remember how much he's dropped in price, but it was a bit. So I want to stop him. His price loop and get in another premium rucker is the form behind the competition. 121 point average for the big mummy, and uh, he's looking great. Seven and a half tackles per game, which is huge for a ruckman. 40 plus uh, hitouts in both his efforts so far, and he just looks really, really hungry. Yeah, which and is... another note as well: despite Giles playing, he still managed to smash it out. What about Tom Hickey? Tom Hickey, yeah, obviously another great stander. He was awesome again this week. Absolutely killed it. Despite Mumford also killing in the rough, both of them scored very highly. Um, obviously, he's at a much cheaper price. And we were just talking about how in AFL fantasy in particular, you want to be going to a premium option, to a premium option if you can. But downgrade to Hickey does make you quite a lot of cash if you need, if you need it to use in some other area. One point I will make about Hickey is they do come up, the Saints do come up, up against the Eagles this weekend, so he'll be coming up against the Nat Nui, Nick, Nat Nui Cox and um, Sinclair, so it's going to be difficult for him, and I think he's um, going to struggle to have that same output. Yeah, absolutely. He had three goals on the weekend, as you mentioned, which is not something we're going to see from him every week. Saying that his break even is negative 47, so he's not going to go below that, is he? Uh, well, it's, it's pretty hard to do. Um, I think Carazzo came close to it once upon a time, but that's a story for another day. Look, Hickey is... I can't decide on him. I'm 50-50 because he's pumped out these great scores. Round one was 85, and that was against a decent opposition, Spencer, whatever. But round two, played the mummy um, and Giles Combo, which is no small feat, obviously. And he's still got 119 points. So the, the thing that worries me on the other side of that is that he's only managed 24 and 20 hitouts in those two games, which is not what you he, want to he hear. Four, he kicked four goals as well. Yeah. Over, so that obviously played in score, and that's not going to happen every week. Yeah, so Byron beware on that, guys. It may not continue. And as you mentioned, against the Eagles, uh, that will be a bit difficult from inside a Nick Nat and Cox sandwich. All right, how about the forward line, Mom? Uh, Nick Rewalt was an absolute champion. We already talked him in the polling, in the polling, but he is the number one forward premium. And if you've got enough cash, get him in. He's very expensive, though. So mm. I guess a lot of people probably won't be able to afford him at the moment. And the next guy on the list which we want to talk about is Paul Chapman. Wow, yeah, the, the balding, uh, well, a completely bold Essendon dude. He's looked amazing so far. 110 and 106 in his first two games. 
He's hitting the scoreboard. He's linking up very well with the Essendon players. But I guess the concern is the way that Essendon say they're going to rest him this year and give him games off. Is he still scoring well enough for us to be like, you know, stuff it. We've got unlimited trades. Get him in until he until he rests, and then we'll just trade him to the next guy. Well, I think it's definitely an option. You can't see him resting him this early in the season, and he's just been absolutely killing him. If you're not looking at him, a guy to think about is Luke Dalhouse, which somehow escaped our attention over the preseason last Yeah, Warney kept that one nice and quiet until he released his team. Absolutely. Classic Warney. Uh, Very always, sneaky kicker. Always keeping one for himself, the Warn Dog. But Dalhouse has been a revelation so far. I think he had 133 ish points per 100 minutes over the preseason in his two games. So that's pretty massive in itself. Uh, and then he's just come out and busted out an almost 100-point average over the first two weeks of the proper season. He's getting in the midfield. They've whipped off the dreadlocks, and he's running a lot faster now, and he just looks like he, he can't do much wrong. He's one of their main midfielders now, I would go so far as to say. Yeah, he has looked very sharp indeed, and I would expect his form to continue. The only thing I will say is price is 380 k so he's in that sort of more expensive range. He's up around the Zorko price. Um, and Zorko is one of the most, I think, if not the most traded in player this week, definitely in the real green team. Um, so you're basically picking between those two guys. And Zorko's obviously got the past history, but added to the fact he was a massive troll last year, I'd maybe be leaning more towards Dalhart if I had to choose between the two. That's a good point that you mentioned there. Zorko, very similarly priced and having a great start to the season as well. All right, I think um, we'll wrap it up there in, in terms of the AFL fantasy stuff and get into something that uh, it's a big passion of yours and I can't wait to hear what you've got to say. Now, Mong, you are what some like to call a punter and uh, you're having a pretty good uh, run at the, this season. I would love to get some of your bets for this weekend. A lot of the markets haven't been released yet, but what can you tell us? Well, I do like a flutter. In week one, I managed to go 13 from 18 in player prop debt, but unfortunately, like my fantasy team, my form dipped off last weekend, or this weekend has just gone, and I went 4 and 8, so that was a bit disappointing. Look, just to make an, um, an excuse for you last week, it was a wet week. You know, we can we give each other all, you know, the AFL players a week off when... It's uh, soggy conditions, and I think that's been Franklin's excuse up until now. So let's just say, in the wet, doesn't count. You're still going at above 80%, Mong, I reckon. Yeah, I'm, I'm still getting about the 70% mark, which you're pretty happy when you're betting the line. Absolutely. Um, shout out to Shawnee T, your brother, who's absolutely been killing it in the line game. Um, that's what I'm going to be talking about, sort of treading on his grass a little bit at the moment, because there's not many players bets out at this point in the week. The only one that is on sports bet is this week 16, which I really do try to keep away from. But um, if you're looking for some value, obviously the stats I've just quoted about Kendall Bridge, he looks good value of $10. And a bit of a rusty Goddard, who's priced at $26. And he's um, obviously part of this new Essendon high possession game after knocking out 162 or something in the first week. He was a little bit quieter this week, but he still looks around the market. I wouldn't be surprised um, for him to bust out the massive score again this week. Yeah, but he, but I'll be staying away from those sweet 16 bets and waiting until the over-under bets head-to-head bets come out. 
So we're talking about line bets for the um, game, for the actual game. My favourite bet of the week is to back my Saints and take the 67 and a half points against the Eagles. I know it's over in the West, but that is just absolutely ridiculous. We're two and zero, and obviously, you know, we're not going to finish anywhere near the top eight. But Rewald is in crappy form. The Eagles have played, you know, two pretty average sides so far. And, um, yeah, I think just almost 70 points is, is way too much. You've got to take it. The line today has even moved to 53 points, so it's just going to keep coming down. So I'd say get on early in the week. That was just my number one bet. Mong, I'm going to have to just back up my boys here as well because you're 2-0 just like the Eagles, but you've also played about the same quality opposition. So, look, 93 points we smashed Melbourne by last week. Are you sure that we can't put away Melbourne or are you, are you liking the fact that you got a couple of uh, experienced players back last week? Yeah, I think um, I was very concerned going into the season, but after these first couple of weeks, I think the most important thing is the guys are playing with a bit of spirit. Yeah. And, you know, I just can't see Rewell leading from the front, letting us lose by that much. And I mean, I will admit the Eagles have been very impressive so far. But I think, um, yeah, 57.5 points is, is a lot. I mean, I, I think we're going to lose by 30 to 40 points, but yeah, I don't think 70 points is I'm actually, a fair line. I'm actually a little bit upset that uh, the Saints have started so well because we were pretty close at getting you to become an Eagles supporter last year with uh, with Saint Kilda's uh, form. So, well, I'm pretty disappointed that I'm up in Fitzroy Crossing at the moment because I'd definitely be there at the game with you guys this week. Oh, I would love to sit next to you this weekend. All right, what's your what's your next line bet? The next one that I do like is um, the Swans minus seven and a half versus the Crows, and I know it's in Adelaide, but I just don't think the Crows are very good. No. And I mean, Sydney has been terribly first two weeks, but I really think they will bounce back this week. And I've got a sneaky feeling that Buddy might be having a bit of a decent game this weekend. You reckon he could actually live up to the nine-year, hundred million contract? Oh, I don't know if he's going to live up to that. <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit think, hard. Yeah, I think basically seven and a half points is a pretty low line. I think the Swans are going to win. Yeah. So I think that's also a pretty good bet. Well, as you mentioned before, Adelaide haven't looked that great, but let's just not forget that they have a lot of injuries at the moment. So exactly. for any Adelaide well, supporters... Just named out as well, well, yeah, broken leg, which is a very Pendlebury-esque uh, injury, which you might remember he had middle of last year, I believe it was. So he'll be out for a little while. And, I mean, a bit of fantasy and relevance he's here. And run by Ford in the second half, or in the, in the, especially in the latter part of the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, in the showdown this week. And I think, yeah, the Swans will really be coming out to play this week, and the Crows are just going to struggle to have the cattle keep up. That's true. And Swans are 0-2, which is unheard of for them to start the season. And as you mentioned, they're a better team than that. Um, they're probably... The last time they started 0-2, they won the championship in Oakley. Well, that's a stat and a half, isn't it? All right. Let's, <laughs> let's yeah, bang that in. I'm just on sporting bet right now, putting these bets through. So uh, what's the next one? Um, that's all I've got at the moment. The other one that I did like before Barlow was out injured today was Freo against Hawthorne with Nuno Hodge and Mitchell. Um, Freo was two and a half point favourite, but now they've gone to four and a half point untold underdogs with Barlow being named out. So that game's almost a bit of a kicking as well. And um, I'm not really sure which way I'm leaning at the moment. I mean, Barlow and Fife out for Freo, Hodge and Mitchell out for the ball. It's in Melbourne, it's Friday night, the grand final rematch. 
know, anything that happens. So I think I might stay away from that one or wait for the profits, Shawnee Trolls, to let me know what to do there. The last one that I say I do like is the Bombers' um, favourite 14.5 points against Carlton. Um, I think the Bombers have been really impressive so far this year, especially the style of footy they're playing. You know, they're playing a high-possession game. They've struggled in the first half against Hawthorne with their forward line efficiency. But um, I think, you know, they really showed a lot of heart. And even though they ended up losing the game, I think it was a bit of a step forward for the club. And they've looked really good with Bomber Thompson at the helm. They've got a lot of great players out there. Carlton's looked pretty bad so far this year. Yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, your analysis on Carlton there. They were very lucky to get away with a win last week. It's, uh, it's only because Richmond were pretty much the worst team on the day. That's uh, the only reason why they got through there. Essendon looked very fit. I'll have to say they looked like they had a great preseason. We're not going to say it's because of any injections or anything like that. We don't get controversial on this podcast, but I think the way that they they control the ball, they're always going to be in the game. Um, and you're right, 14.5 points is pretty good against a Carlton team that hasn't really given it much of a shake so far. Cool. All right. Let's get into the things to remember. Now, this is just a little bit of a scramble-less thing, just things that we have to remember leading into this week's changes. What's the first thing that you, is on your list, Mom? Um, the first thing is that it's a normal week, so there's no loopholes. The first one we've had, that's nice, isn't it? Um, so no rolling lockouts to worry about. You lock your captain in on Friday night, and yeah, you lock your emergencies in and that's done. The other thing to remind people of is, yes, there are still price changes every week for AFL Fantasy, regardless of how many play, uh, games the individual plays. So, you know, make your debut this week, your price still changes. And I think that hasn't got through to a lot of people yet, but... Just beware, it's always going to change. On the other hand, Real Dream Team comes into their first price changes this week, so make sure you're making all the fix-up decisions that you need to do uh, for your team leading into round three. Okay, as always, we like to finish up with a big call of the week. It'd be interesting to see the scoreboard so far. I don't think I've done too well, and a lot of them are long-term ones anyway. But Mom, you are you're not afraid to make a big controversial call at times. What's uh what's your one for this week? Well I think my call this week is probably not that controversial. No but I think we have overreacted in how badly our premiums have formed. And they're premiums for a reason. Guys like Cox and Swan, despite what I've said about them earlier in the podcast, Dane Stewart, I think they will bounce back this week. As they say, a week's a long time in footy, a week's a long time in fantasy. And the game is very up and down, and it's not often that we have two terrible weeks like we did just have in a row. So I expect a bit of parity to be restored, and we'll be seeing those 2,100, 2,300 scores back this week on our team. Well, fingers crossed, because I'm sick of scoring 1,800s. Um, look, my big call is that Josh Kelly made his debut last week. He'll score 100 this week in, an unvested, in his first unvested AFL game. They play the Melbourne Demons, and I reckon he'll just... He'll just get around. He'll do the Tyson version, but for GWS, because he's a class act, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if everyone's uh, scrambling he's to get very him. This, this week, Josh Kelly gets 100. That's my big call. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Um, it's been great having you on board again, Mong, even though you're all the way out in Fitzroy Crossing doing what you do best, and that's saving lives. But look, <laughs> uh, all the best for you this week, and if you want to follow Mong on Twitter for all these 
betting up. I'll be getting my player prop bets out when the market's coming up way later in the week. Exactly. That's the only reason why I follow you. I don't actually think you got much else interesting to say. You can see him on Twitter at RobbieTheMong. Um, that's Robbie with an IE. And you can uh, follow me on Twitter at, at tbetter 9 And get around the site, guys. It's pumping at the moment. And get around the AFL Fantasy Boys as well. Warney's still at the top, but uh, I think you'll see a couple of other guys in the same situation as the rest of us. All right, guys. Thanks very much for having us. Thank you very much for joining us, Mom. No worries. Great to be on the podcast again. Cool, guys. See you later.